0: Everybody and welcome to Sawbones, Marital Tour of Misguided Medicine. I'm your co host, Justin McElroy.
1: And I'm Sydney McElroy.
0: Sometimes an episode comes along uh, and it takes us a, a long time to figure out what it's going to be. And there's a lot of different angles we look at and, and we question whether or not we should do it. And then sometimes an episode just kind of falls into your lap every single day, every hour of the day, on every channel, constantly.
1: That's true. As we, as we mentioned last week, we are going to discuss coronavirus not because it has a huge medical history. It's supposed to be a medical history show. Sometimes I forget that (laughs) because there's current things that are important to talk about, but there is a history I'll get into, but also because as with any, anything that is new and somewhat scary, Mm -hmm. you will get a lot of uh, misinformation inside that fear and, and people with a, Responses that aren't necessarily helpful or productive right. for anyone.
0: Fear breeds a lot of misinformation.
1: Yes. And, and I, we've gotten, I, I can't thank everyone who recommended this topic because we've gotten dozens of emails, tweets, Facebook posts, sure. and a lot of people are, are kind of echoing the same thing. Uh, could you please explain what the heck this is and how scared I should be? Those seem to be the big questions. Um, and what can I do? Uh, and and I I wanted to address it for that reason because uh, if you if you if you like our show and you think that the things that I have to say are trustworthy I hope you do then maybe this will help calm you down dispel some misinformation calm some fears
0: I will address the empower how, you I will address the how scared should I be part okay I would say not scared at all because. Either you can impact the situation or you can't.
1: Mm, this is philosophical,
0: this is not medical. If you can impact the situation, then take that action and then don't worry about it. If you can't impact the situation, there's no point in worrying about it. Either way, there's no need to be scared.
1: Well, that's very stoic. Mm. Uh, <laughs> however, I, I will say this, I will, I will start with this premise and I will circle back to it by the end of the show so you understand what I'm saying. Mm. Uh, do not take it at face value, but just heed these words. If you are worried about coronavirus, go get your flu shot.
0: Okay. Okay. Again. Let me do one. I if you're worried
1: I about won't. coronavirus, go
0: buy the Sawbones book. Available <laughs> in fine bookstores everywhere. I thought we were just serving our own uh, ends. You, no, do you have an actual...
1: There, There is a reason that I am recommending that. It okay. is not obviously... Uh, I should say at the top of the show, in case you don't listen to the end, the flu vaccine does not prevent coronavirus, because that is a myth that's been out there. And so I do not want to mislead you into that idea. But it is a very reasonable action to take in response to your fears. Okay. Uh, and I'll I'll get to why. But let's start with where, what is coronavirus? Where did this thing come from? So back in 1965, there were two researchers named uh, Tyrell and Bonneau who discovered a new virus. And this was kind of at a time where we were looking for viruses. We knew there were lots of them out there. They caused a lot of different things, some of them severe, some of them not severe. We didn't, we had just kind of the, the technology had evolved to a point where we could, Look at these things. You know, viruses are quite small.
0: Mm, that's true. <laughs> it's not way smaller. Think of a small thing <laughs> like a gummy bear or a bug. They're like even smaller than that.
1: Well, we were able to look at bacteria before we could look at a virus because okay. they're so much smaller. Uh, but we knew there was something else that caused disease. We figured out there were viruses. We found ways like electron microscopy to look at them, uh, and then we started the great hunt. Right? Like, let's find them all. Got to catch them all. You can't. Uh, you can't catch them all. There's so many. There's a lot. There's a lot. But these two researchers uh, were looking at some respiratory secretions from a patient who had a cold. So, like, suctioned out some mucus from the respiratory tract. It's a cool Saturday. Yeah. Of a patient. And started looking through it. Basically, at this point, you got to imagine, you know this person is sick. You you know a germ of some sort, likely virus, caused it. So, you get those secretions and you just start making preparations and looking through for something that looks like it shouldn't be there. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what you hope is the right thing. Now, they find a virus that they hadn't seen before. Now, if you think this virus causes colds because you found it in a person with a cold, how do you confirm that this virus causes a cold?
0: Um, you have to give it to someone and see if they get a cold? That's right. Wow. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm slightly unnerved that I'm
1: starting to think like virologists. This is one of the principles of, of proving that this is the etiology, this is the causative agent of a disease. This is one of the main principles in doing that. So you take so they take these viruses that they have found and they transfer them to the noses of volunteers. I don't know what the volunteers were promised in return for this. I don't know if they were paid, given free lunch. Let's hope. I don't know. Something <laughs> uh, but one way or another they all got colds. Ta da you did it. Amazing. You got colds. We gave you a cold. And with, as with uh, many scientific discoveries, you kind of see these things happen in multiple places at the same time. So at the same time that these researchers are finding this little virus that seems to cause colds, uh, there were other researchers, uh, Hamre and Prochnow, who grew a similar virus from a bunch of medical students that they were testing for colds. A bunch of medical students, I, I don't think they gave them to them, but I don't know. When I was in medical school, the right... Teacher that I wanted an A from had said, I need to give you a cold. I need to test you with this cold virus. Will you volunteer? I probably would have said I volunteer tribute.
0: (laughs) If you get extra credit.
1: If I get extra credit, if I can get an A, I I offer myself. But anyway, they grew a similar virus from a bunch of medical students. They named their viruses uh, B814 and 229E. Gotta love it. Because scientists are great at that. Yeah. Uh, over the next few years, there were some other viruses that were similar to these that were found similar in like appearance. So all these little viruses, they look sort of, you'll see them pictured as kind of like spherical, circular little things. They're not exactly, they, they, they're, there's different shapes. They're not perfect little round things, but you'll see them often drawn or, or, Mm -hmm. you know, they're sort of round ish and they have all these little projections sticking off of all the sides. Okay. Like these little balls with all these little, I don't want to say spiky things, because they're like blunt club-like things sticking off all the sides of them. You can look up a picture of a coronavirus if you're really curious. Um, But because of all these little lumps sticking off of them and the way that they're shaped, a lot of people thought it looked like the things on the top of a crown. Oh, okay. Coronavirus. So the name coronavirus was eventually given to this new genus of viruses. Uh, that had this similar appearance with all these little projections. It also sort of looks like a, like a solar corona, like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It also kind of looks like that, but crown is where it came from. Um, and our initial understanding of them was really that they were kind of benign. They cause colds. That was really the thought. Now, we we knew they also existed in other animals. The thing that we saw in a, in humans was mainly just what we would kind of call the common cold. Which, on a side note, I may have said this on the show before, but when we say you have a cold, have I said this? You, we don't know what virus we're talking about necessarily. That makes sense. The syndrome that we say is the common cold, the, mm-hmm. s- the constellation of symptoms that we will refer to as the common cold, could be any number of viruses that cause upper respiratory symptoms. Well, and they're all different
0: too, right? Like that's why you know I got on, I got some head junk. And then some of the nose got junk. some cough,
1: a runny nose, sore throat, throat whatever, yeah. some sinus pain or pressure, headache, maybe some fevers or chills, some aches and pains. All these things um, can be caused by a variety of viruses. Most of the time you don't know because you don't get tested because you probably don't go to the doctor. You got a cold. If you get really sick, you might go to the doctor. And sometimes we might test you and come back and say, you have a rhinovirus. You have an enterovirus. You have a coronavirus. I've diagnosed coronavirus many times. But it's usually just a cold. That's that's what we're saying. It might be a little more severe, especially if you're otherwise you have otherwise uh, some sort of respiratory illness, COPD, asthma, Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, But most of the time we just call it a cold. So you I say this because you may have had a coronavirus in your life. You actually probably have if you're an adult. So why is it a thing now? I'm not there yet. Okay, we're going to get there very rarely these coronaviruses we discovered were known to cause things like pneumonia or like to flare up your chronic bronchitis or your pneumonia Um, every once in a while like I said in patients with underlying lung disease but most of the time just a cold in animals they did a lot of stuff Hmm. right in animals they could do things because there are lots of coronaviruses and some of them infect humans and some of them infect animals and as we're going to get to some of them can like swing (laughs) Some of them party. Some of them party. So in animals, they could cause hepatitis. They could cause encephalitis, gastroenteritis, peritonitis in cats. Uh, They can infect chickens, turkeys, calves, dogs, rabbits, pigs, camels, bats, snakes. Animals. You could have said all
0: animals, and I I couldn't have come up with that many. Just all animals would be fine.
1: They infect and do different things to lots of animals. But in humans, it seems like, well, great. Great work, everybody. The 60s are over, and we found some cold viruses. Good. What's the cure? We don't know. We have no idea. It's just a cold, though. No big deal. Next. Except 2002. Justin, do you remember 2002?
0: Oh, fondly, Sid. I was a young buck of 22 years old. I was in my swinging college years, living life, driving around a beautiful Mm -hmm. blue cutlass Sierra, and just... Just lapping it up. A lot of living to do.
1: Yeah. Back in the day, mm-hmm. very Conrad Birdie. Yeah. So 2002. Uh, you, I don't know. Then since you were, you know, living it up,
0: drinking moonbeams.
1: <laughs> uh, you may not remember that a new respiratory illness started to appear in China. In
0: my Sydney, if I was in college when it happened, I can rate the likelihood of me encountering any hard news at zero
1: percent. <laughs> I remember this. How do I was, you not know these because things? Because I was a doofus. Uh, so there was a new respiratory illness in China. It would eventually spread from China to 29 countries throughout North America, South America, Europe, and Asia. Uh, it was originally thought to have emerged from the H- Himalayan palm civet. Do you know what a civet is? I don't. I had to look up a picture of a civet. It looks like they're like loosely... Re- they look sort of cat-like to me sort of like rodent slash cat-like but they're big I mean they're big like they're big like well not big but you know like cat size they're not like teeny teeny things um one of them was in a tree so I think oh I don't like it you don't like them well how would you describe it
0: uh how would I describe it like Like they're they're cat cat cat-esque I would describe it as a long spotted raccoon
1: or raccoon esque okay
0: I would say a long spotted raccoon (laughs)
1: So that's a, the, so you can look up a picture of a civet if you like. No
0: need. It's a long spotted mm-hmm. raccoon.
1: They are apparently hunted and eaten in some parts of China. Um, we are only fairly certain that this is where by the way, I, I'm, I'm saying this and for most people, whether or not this is hundred percent, accurate they're not going to get too bothered by it we got it from an animal is the point Um, but i know there's some scientists out there who might go well technically we're not certain we're not a hundred percent certain that it jumped from the civet to the human (coughs) that is the best operating theory we have Mm -hmm. Um, as we've done more research we figured out that bats are probably where the coronavirus continues to evolve there's always like a species where like these viruses can really flourish and grow. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about with flu, pigs and birds, so oh, right, avian right, right. pigs yeah. and birds. Uh, with with coronavirus, you really talk a lot about bats. So it may have been that like at some point, bats. Uh, gave humans coronavirus and then humans gave coronavirus back to civets and then later the civets handed it back off only different and worse okay one way or another civets may or may not have been involved and now you know what a civet is if you don't like me
0: civets may or may not be involved is a statement you could make about <laughs> literally any event in all of human history <laughs> so yeah you've made us neither smarter nor dumber said it's just that my
1: Well it it's it's one of those As in things all
0: things, there is a chance that the civets either, were Either civets were or were not involved.
1: It's it's just funny to read about these things. Within the scientific community, there's so much people get really upset. There's a lot of there's a lot of ire over this, like, but it was not civets or we never proved it, or nah, I think we I think we're pretty sure. Most it was of those
0: civets. are just civets that learn how to hype.
1: <laughs> either way, it seemed to be like if you didn't completely cook the civet meat. It wasn't it wasn't just like hanging out with a civet.
0: Well that's it's gonna be it was stringy. Like you, <laughs> it's also gonna be stringy, which I hate that.
1: So like if you're if you are someone who chooses to eat meat, cook it would be a good but anyway. Uh the so the virus which we would eventually come to know and fear was called severe acute respiratory syndrome, also known as SARS. You remember SARS now? I this do is remember clicking.
0: SARS because there was a the Sears at the Huntington Mall. When all that was happening, (laughs) the Sears at the Huntington Mall, the E on their sign burnt out.
1: Oh, no. And it
0: became a meme on the internet of the picture of this. I didn't start it, but a picture of this specific sign from the Huntington Mall, my home way from home, uh, became uh, a meme. You know, come see the softer side of
1: SARS. SARS. That was was early internet, too. It was 2002. Early Early internet days. Early days. Uh, so anyway, arcade <laughs> So anyway, uh, SARS what well, is is a human coronavirus. It is. It's a, it's a coronavirus. We maybe got from civets, probably from bats somewhere in there, who knows. Uh, but obviously we began to see that our concept of coronaviruses only causing these mostly harmless colds was not completely accurate Uh, because if in case you don't remember SARS was a coronavirus that caused again respiratory symptoms however some people got really sick some people got put in the hospital and some of those people did die how many Uh, so the there were about there were over 8,000 cases This is a total by the way like even up to now, because mm-hmm. I mean, occasionally it's still seen, but up to now there have been over 8000 cases and about 10 It's about 10 percent were fatal. That's legit. That's a big deal.
0: It's a big that's a big percentage.
1: Yes, that's a huge percentage. Uh, so SARS scared everybody into studying coronaviruses more. And that led to a lot more understanding of exactly. Like, like I said, all this stuff about bats and civets and animals and where this all came from, how it's transmitted, which cells it infects preferentially and how it infects them and the various presentations. Oh, we just thought it was a cold, but obviously it could do much worse things. And this better understanding was good because then in 2012, a new coronavirus popped up, which you may not have heard quite as much about Um it was, it was mainly in Saudi Arabia and then parts of the Middle East, and it actually became known as Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, MERS. Uh, and it, it may have, again, we're guessing a little bit, but it may have made the leap to humans from camels, although, again, the bat... It was probably originally from bats somewhere. Um, it could also cause severe disease like SARS. Uh, certainly was very dangerous, but it seemed to be less communicable. Mm. So that's probably why you didn't hear quite the panic around it that you did with SARS, is because it did not seem to pass as easily from human to human as it did uh, from animal to human. So people were having direct contact with, we guess, we think maybe camels and getting sick. But as far as then being able to take it out into the world and give it to a bunch of other people, the way that we fear a pandemic is going to start, it it didn't it just didn't do that. You know, every virus works a little differently. And if you if you only infect certain cells in the lower respiratory tract, it's a lot harder to get enough of the virus into you to get sick. Mm-hmm. You really had to get a big dose of virus, so to mm-hmm. speak. Um, so it wasn't like something that casual contact would necessarily have spread very easily. Uh, so uh, there, uh, since then, total there have been about two thousand four hundred sixty-eight cases. There have been eight hundred and fifty-one deaths. That's so very bad. It's a big proportion. It's very bad if you get it. Again, same kind of thing with like severe respiratory symptoms, it's respiratory like, what, 30,
0: failure,
1: thirty percent something, thirty-four I, I think somewhere around that. Uh, but does not seem to spread quite as easily uh, as SARS did. But either way, so these are the two coronaviruses that we know can be big bad actors so far up until now.
0: So what's the what's the one that's happening at this moment?
1: Justin, I'm going to tell you about it right after we head to the billing department. Let's go.
0: The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. You say you got a dream, kid—a big dream that you want to see up in glittering starlight, up there in the Milky Way, or dream writ large for all the world to see, kid. I—I I do have
1: a dream, and it may—that's your, may... your kid. Oh, I'm a kid.
0: Yeah, like kid, like you're a real kid, like a Mickey Rooney type.
1: I—I I do have a dream, sir, and it may or may not involve civets.
0: Well, kid, no matter it, <laughs> if your dream is civet-based or not, you're going to want to make that dream a reality at Squarespace. It's a, a place that helps you make a beautiful website where you can blog or publish content, promote your physical or online or civet-based business, announce an upcoming event or special project, and uh, and so much more. Whatever you could do with the website. You can do it with Squarespace.
1: Golly gee whiz, sir. This sounds amazing.
0: Oh, or I'm actually not doing that. Oh, scene okay, anymore. sorry. <laughs> they got beautiful templates created by world-class designers, uh, e-commerce functionality, amazing customer support. You're going to love it. So check out squarespace.com sawbones for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SAWBONES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Folks, look around you. It's a... Sydney's actually looking around her, not that that's for anybody's benefit but mine. (laughs) It's a wireless world, don't judge by the millions of wires I have in the studio. It's a wireless world, and you need a great pair of wireless earbuds. Now, you could pay a lot for a really fantastic pair, or you could check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. They they sent us a pair. They look great, very stylish. About half the price of other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they're designed with audio quality of other top audio brands you know. They also didn't fall out of my ears. They also didn't fall out of Sydney's ears, which is not something those other premium brands Let's call them (laughs) brand-eck. It's something they can boast to.
1: No, most well, it's true. Most of those fall out of my ears, and these didn't. It was it was great. I really liked that. Uh, <laughs> it's great when you're washing dishes. They
0: seem really <laughs> they uh, pair really easily. After I paired them, uh, you know they they popped in and out, out and you know repaired with my phone whenever I took them out of the case. The case recharges them, so you can get a, a nice long day of uh, playtime out of them, and uh, they fit really snugly, so it, it isolates. Uh, some noise, which which is awesome. The company was co-founded by Ray J and a lot of celebrities like Melissa Etheridge. I don't want to brag, but Melissa Etheridge has the same headphones that I do. Not a big deal. Brandy, Snoop Dogg, Cardi B, they love... Their Raycons. So now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at Buy Raycon. That's R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash Sawbones. That's BuyRaycon.com slash Sawbones for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. BuyRaycon.com slash Sawbones. So here we are, Sid. It's okay. 2020. Everyone's... flipping out
1: yes i have noticed this everyone seems to be very scared and i and i hope by now in the episode you've at least realized that this coronavirus is not i don't want to say it's not new it is a new strain of coronavirus but we're very familiar with coronaviruses we've known a lot about them like i said since the 60s um this is not like uh this mysterious unknown thing that is Caught the world by storm. Okay, um, it is currently being called the novel coronavirus. Hmm. Because like literally,
0: it's, because it's new. Yes. Okay.
1: I am. I, my my guess is it'll have a name eventually. We could do
0: better because I, I think it's kind of miss I think it's actually going to create a lot of misinformation because I feel like the vast, vast, vast majority of the population, their first exposure to the word coronavirus, is going to be in this exact scenario, and I feel like it's going to create a lot of like fear about that that label in the future
1: it's I worry about that too it's it's really weird for me because I'm so like coronavirus I'm so familiar with it It, it's I it's easier though right like for me I'm not afraid of it because I see it pop up positive on on viral screens all the time it's not novel coronavirus it's you know not as big deal strain Um, but we see it a lot but anyway the novel coronavirus as you probably know Uh, originated in China in the Wuhan region this past December It was probably there slightly before December but that's when we became aware of it Uh, there are some things we know and there are a lot of things we don't know and it's important that I say that because all those gaps that we don't know yet because this is still in the early stages are being filled in by a lot of guesses uh, misinformation and then some straight up lies Okay. Uh, so as to if you're curious about which animal it came from, there's some people out there, there some scientists that are theorizing snakes. Everybody looks for somebody to blame. (laughs) I don't I don't know that that's necessarily true. Again, it looks similar to all these bat coronaviruses that we've talked about before. But exactly what animal did a human come in contact with? Because that's what's happening. There's a human somewhere who's coming in close enough contact with an animal somewhere that it's getting this animal coronavirus and it
0: spreads what can we say definitively civets were or were not involved (laughs) there Uh, it's out there
1: We're, we're not exactly sure uh where what animal it came from um as of today and there are by the way i i've i don't know what this says about me i check the status update from the world health organization every day on this just for my own Information
0: and folks, she's all too happy to relay it out loud to anybody who happens to be in the room with her.
1: I think it it comforts me to know that there are multiple uh, global organizations, local and global organizations, monitoring the situation uh, closely and and taking steps to prevent it from you know getting any worse than it already is. But as of today, there have been fourteen thousand five hundred fifty seven cases worldwide. That's as of. February 2nd, that is the current update. Um, it's it's important to know that the vast majority, 14,441 of those cases, are in China so far. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, this is very serious for people who live in that region. If you are someone, though, I, like many of our listeners who live in the U.S., there have only so far been eight cases in the U.S., um, Only one of those cases on the 31st was shown to have been the result of human to human transmission. And that's important to when we're talking about outbreaks like this, it's important to know the difference between did someone was there a person who was in China exposed to the illness, got on a plane, flew to the US and was then diagnosed, which were the other seven cases, Mm -hmm. as opposed to this one person who was around one of those seven people and got it. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That distinction is really important because when you start to see it spreading from person to person on large scale, that's when you start to need to take more action. But if all the cases in an area are just people who just came from the area where it's spreading, you're less concerned about the U.S. in this case. Right. You know, so there's only been one case where it's actually been transmitted within the U.S. so far. Um, now... Overall, almost uh, all but one of these cases were in China and one were in the Philippines, uh, 305 people have died. Um, So we know that this particular coronavirus is, I mean, is capable of causing severe illness. And I think that's worth underlining that, like, no matter what else
0: we say about this, like anything that claims people's lives is serious. So this is in no way like, you know, it's not a, blow a raspberry and, you know, change the channel kind of thing. Like it, it's no. serious. Like people will die.
1: Exactly. And I mean, if you, it's, it's a thing to always keep in mind that I always remind myself and my students and residents in medicine, uh, it, the 305 people is a, it sounds like a small number comparatively, but if you are the family or friends of one of those 305 people, then it's very meaningful and important. So, never to undermine the you know the seriousness of it. But but those are the numbers. Those are the facts. That is what's happened so far. Obviously, there it is present in other countries outside of China and the U.S. You can you can find a whole list of them on either the CDC or the World Health Organization. Um, but they're tracking them very closely everywhere that it is it is occurring right now. Um, the CDC has guidelines for people and especially for healthcare professionals. There's been some concern that. Uh, healthcare professionals in particular who in in so far in China who are taking care of these patients may be at risk um, and it, but that's probably just because of the contact they're having mm-hmm. um, they the way that this is spread is through what we call respiratory droplets coughing and seeing. coughing sneezing that kind of thing um, and you know the other thing about that is not just somebody coughing and sneezing in your face it's did I cough or sneeze on this surface, and then you touched it, or on this door handle? Did I cough into my hand or sneeze in my hand, and then touch something that you touched? That kind of thing too. So this is part of why we're concerned. Is it's not just, and that's probably why healthcare professionals in particular, you know, are at risk um, right now. If there's someone who has a fever and signs of what we would think of as a lower respiratory infection, so not so much the runny nose, sore throat kind of thing, but cough, shortness of breath, mm-hmm. that what you'd think like, oh, am I getting a pneumonia, that kind of thing, um, who, have had, who have traveled to that part of China or really at this point anywhere in China um, or have had direct contact with somebody who was known to have this. Are, mm-hmm. are the only ones that we're really concerned about. So if you are at home and you have a cough and shortness of breath and you haven't been to China and nobody around you has coronavirus, novel coronavirus, you don't need to go get checked for coronavirus. Right? Does that make sense? Yes. Um, we're really only focused on those people. Uh, the other things we know it so far. The as far as when do you get symptoms after you're exposed two to 14 days. So there's a wide range. And some of this is still based on what we know about SARS. Mm. Um, We're still like using that data because this is very new. We don't have a lot of data yet. So if you start seeing people quote mortality rates, I, I I would ignore that data right now because you can't say what the mortality rate is at the beginning of an outbreak because who do we test? We test the people that get really sick and we didn't expect them to. Mm. So you're going to have a disproportionate number of severe illness and death among the early positive tests. Because there were tons of people who were sitting at home with colds who never went to the hospital and got better and had coronavirus and nobody knew. Right. So the sheer number of people who got coronavirus and got better and never saw a doctor were missing a lot of those people still. Mm -hmm. Now, as it continues to spread, more people are going to get scared and go to the doctor and get tested. Right. Right. And we're going to get a better idea of how dangerous it actually is. But in Mm. the beginning to like start quoting mortality rates, I mean, you're guessing at first, you know. It's still it's very vague. Um, it again, this seems to be a big issue in this region of China. The rest of the world, not so much. Things you can do, um, if you are sick, stay at home. Sure, this is true for anything. <laughs> Take a day off. Don't go to school. Don't go to work. Don't go give people whatever you've got. Because um, if you're coughing or sneezing, no matter how hard you try to cough and sneeze into your elbow, which of course you should do. You could spread it to other people, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean it's hard. I mean it's not your fault. It's just hard to do that. You can't you can't prevent getting some snot and some mucus out there. Um, if you have traveled to one of these areas or had contact with someone who's been diagnosed with novel coronavirus, please go see a doctor. If you have symptoms, please go see a doctor. And if if somebody else is sick, you know maybe it's not the best time to hang out with them. Maybe yes. it's a especially if you if you have little kids or something too. Like don't go, you know, taking the kids over to hang out with sick people and and yourself i mean everybody yeah um this hey when you're sick it's it's good for some alone time you know you sure. need people around to like if you if you need something they can run to the store for you but like take some alone time finally watch the wire you know Do read it. some read some comic books sure. uh wash your hands please wash your hands um that's that's vitally important wash your hands with soap and water after you have, especially if you're touching your face or your mouth, people. I mean, we do that a lot and don't think about it, rubbing you know, your nose or anything like that, wash your hands before you eat, wash your hands before you have contact with other people, wash your hands, um, and then again, get your flu shot.
0: Okay, why is that?
1: Because I gave you these numbers for coronavirus, mm-hmm. and it's very scary because the news is talking about it nonstop. Those are the actual numbers, but I know that there's a lot of fear out there. In comparison, this season, there have been 15 million cases of the flu and about 8,200 deaths so far. So that's more.
0: That's more, and that's something you again can do. Is a concrete action you could take.
1: It, it's that's I've seen I've heard this among my colleagues a lot. Is why is everybody so worried about coronavirus? But these same patients, I'll say, hey, do you want to get a flu shot? And they'll say, ah, no, nah, I don't want a flu. Shot. I don't worry about the flu, when the flu is has been a big threat for a long time, and we have a vaccine for it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we do not for coronavirus, but we do for the flu. So if if the if coronavirus represents the kind of thing that scares and unsettles you, go ahead and put the flu right next to it. <laughs> and then go get your flu shot cuz you can actually do something about that. You can take action to prevent the flu. And you cannot take that that exact same action to prevent coronavirus. Does that that is classic, the corollary I'm trying to draw? Classic sawbones
0: make something less scary by making something else scarier.
1: No, I'm not trying to make the flu. If you should have a little bit of fear of the flu, that's useful for preservation of our species. Have enough fear to go get your flu vaccine, not to keep you up at night, not to prevent you from leaving your house, but to get your flu vaccine yeah just enough fear to do that um there's there's a lot of myths out there some of them we've already kind of talked about um but um it is it is so far well it seems like most of the people who have had fatal cases of novel coronavirus seem to be um maybe older and have had other chronic illnesses you know,
0: compromised or something. It,
1: it's something to that effect it is, a, it, is it does not a, to only infect those people the, mm. you know it does it does appear to be able to infect a wide range of ages and you know health statuses um, there apparently some people on Reddit are spreading the idea that uh, this can be treated or cured with uh, MMS miracle mineral solution which we've talked about on the show before is bleach. it's bleach it's just bleach this is not true this is a lie it is not true as as we've said before it doesn't do anything good. Don't use it. Don't take it. Don't drink it. Don't anything. Those people should be put in jail.
0: <laughs> I have a mnemonic device that for selling I, it. I have a mnemonic device I use to help me remember that miracle uh, mineral mineral solution uh, won't help me fix anything. It goes like this. Right. It's bleach. It's bleach. That's the whole device. I just say it's bleach. Mm-hmm. And that actually helps me remember all the different things that it is not good for.
1: You reminded me of in that thing you do when he goes, I, I quit. quit. I, I quit. quit. Yeah, <laughs> It's bleach. It's bleach. Uh, it is not spread from pets. There was a, I guess there was a, a fear that like your cat or your dog was going to give you coronavirus. Your, your cat or your dog is not going to give you coronavirus. It's fine. Don't please, please take care of your pets. <laughs> Yeah. Um, do not do not turn them out on the streets for fear of coronavirus. Uh, there are no herbal meds or prescription meds or anything right now that anybody's using to treat it that is secret that you don't know about. Um, like I said, there's no vaccine yet. Uh, there, uh, antibiotics will not help. Your doctor's not withholding out of meanness. They just don't help with coronavirus. That's just not how they work. Um, they work for bacteria. Uh, it has nothing to do. There are lots of weird conspiracy theories. One of these was was said to me just this week. Uh, uh, somebody asked me this question: Is it something that is intentionally being spread from someone in China? And no, no, it was not leaked from a lab. It was not smuggled to Canada. Is one weird theory, and because the because Canada <coughs> is trying to develop some sort of weapon. No, no, no. This oh. is none of this is true. There have been lots of misinformation about how many people are actually sick. I guess a lot of this is being spread on like YouTube and TikTok and things like that, like videos of people who supposedly are there at the site, like in the midst of the outbreak and like are trying to tell you the truth. All of this is false. Um, no, doctors wait, no, wait
0: That seems like a very sweeping <laughs> statement.
1: Well, no. I'm. What I mean is that there are lots of videos that are not in any way confirmed as as being real or telling the wild truth, they're spreading. The Chinese
0: government would be uh, withholding with some of this data that they would not be hundred percent accurate in their reporting worldwide.
1: That's true, but the World Health Organization is also a really responsible global organization, and they're reporting these numbers and they're reporting their confirmed cases and they're you know they're feet on the ground monitoring this situation. Sure, um, and it does not behoove them to spread misinformation or lie to the global health community. And if the World Health Organization feels confident so far in the numbers they're getting, I feel confident in the numbers they're getting. You have to trust that there are organizations of good, hardworking, smart people who know what they're doing and have seen outbreaks before and know how to address them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that is true. And, and don't, don't let fear undermine the ability to know truth. There is a way to know the truth here. We are finding the truth. We're figuring this out step by step. It's not unknowable. This it's not this big mystery hole of scary pandemic stuff. It's it's a new virus, and it's always scary at first. Um, there was, I guess, some of the things that were a little more out there. There was this picture of a hospital that was supposedly built overnight in China in response.
0: Well, that, folks, that doesn't happen.
1: No, the hospital was not built in 16 hours, and it wasn't a hospital. It was an apartment building. Um, there was also a TikTok from a teenager in Canada who claimed to be the first Canadian case. Mm-hmm. This was not true. It was eventually removed from TikTok because it was spreading fear and misinformation. Very responsible country. TikTok. Um, thank you. So, again, I, if I would not... If you are living in the United States. I am. And you have not traveled to that region of China. I have not. And you do not have close personal contact with someone who has been diagnosed with novel coronavirus. Please take a deep breath. (laughs) You're okay. This is I would not. This is not something that we all need to be afraid of. Um, Panic and fear does not help us respond. Take responsible, reasonable actions with your fear Mm -hmm. wash your hands stay home when you're sick cover your nose and mouth when you cough and sneeze and get your flu shot these are responsible reasonable actions for us all to take because there is a real i mean there is a real problem happening in china and it's and there are lots of good smart people who are working on it to contain the outbreak to help as many people as possible um and that certainly is you know i mean
0: forgot let's just not make it about us
1: yeah but (laughs) it's not about us and our fear here in this country or in any other country um other than where this is actually happening um and a lot of and again a lot of this is also rooted in if you see these myths remember some of this is rooted in racism you know some of this is rooted in this this idea that we don't know what's happening over there and we don't really under we, we don't have a lot of contact with people who live in this region of the world. We don't really know them or understand them. And so when you see some of these myths spreading on the Internet, you really you need to reject that kind of that kind of fear only leads to bad things, panic, violence, dangerous responses. It does not help anyone.
0: Uh, folks, that is going to do it for us for this week. We hope you, we've provided you some uh, measure of, of calm in these trying times, at least about this <laughs> This one specific thing. Uh, thank you so much to the taxpayers for the use that are on medicines as the intro and outro of our program. Hey, we are going to be in Cincinnati here in just like a couple weeks. Go to bit.ly forward slash 20 funny. And you can find tickets to see us February 19th, opening for My Brother, My Brother and Me at the Taft Theater in Cincinnati, Ohio. You can still get tickets. It will be more places in America uh, and the world at large. Who knows? I don't know. It would be cool, though. I would just like that to, to happen. But definitely America uh, uh, to be announced this year. Um, so thank you for that. We got a book, The Sawbones Book. You can find it at bookstores. Try, try and get it from an independent bookstore. That's nice, isn't it?
1: yeah. That's I nice. like that. I think it's a nice that's thing good.
0: to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, that's going to do it for us for this week. So. Go get your flu shot. Go get your flu shot. Until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney Macroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head.